What is up, homies? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast. I'm doing an NFL Week 14 betting preview. I got Fox News financial analyst Scott Martin later to give out his model uh, picks. But first, got the homie Dan Z to help me go over my card. I am pretty convinced I know which five picks I'm taking to the window here for the Circa Million Contest. I eagled last week, Dan. NFO week 13 went 5-0. It's huge. Proud of you, buddy. I know. I'm so excited, man. I'm so fired up. I'm ready to gamble again. I always want Sunday to get here. Um, and hopefully I can keep the good momentum rolling. I am, Dude, I'm only in 1,088th place. I'm in a tie with like 200 people. It's weird when people do like... I had to think about that for a minute. Yeah. 1,088. Tied for 1,088. So so almost 1,100. Right. If your brain wants to turn it into 1,800, how many people are in it? 5,300, roughly. So you're in what, like the top 25%? That's pretty good. Yeah, top, yeah, roughly the top 25, top 20, right? 1,088 out of... 5,300. Yeah, that's that's roughly top 20%. And I am pretty excited about it. However, it could also all go to shit pretty quickly. And I'm I know, like, but you were you were like already hitting me up like, dude, I have my picks. I'm like, yeah. bro, I just woke up. It's Tuesday morning. Let's chill out here. I was ready to go Monday morning, dude. <laughs> I had them. I was right. I've already made uh four bets this week. I got the Bears nice. plus three and a half. You know I, that's always like leading like that's not that never goes anywhere good no yeah i'm definitely due for some humility i'm gonna get dragged in the nfl this week well let's hear what you got let's start um i'm curious i actually don't know i usually know what your picks are but i actually don't know right now so i'm gonna i'm gonna react just off the cuff no thoughts going in clean slate didn't i send you my picks you just didn't remember them huh oh did you that's possible (laughs) All right, I'm going with the Chicago Bears. It opened at plus five. I bet it at plus three and a half already. It's down to plus three, so that's what I'll grade myself on the podcast. I actually think by the time the Circa Million releases their lines, which is Thursday, it's going to be plus two and a half. So I'm definitely getting the worst of the number. I'm I'm kind of like a Fields apologist. I like how the Bears play. The Bears... Should have beaten them the first time around. They puked all over themselves and gave that game away, which is the second time in the last three meetings between these teams that the Bears should have beaten the Lions. Um, I heard on a podcast that the that the Bears play a lot of cover two defense, and Jared Goff is just terrible against cover two. I think if this is going to be a bad weather game, which the weather forecast is suggesting it could be, that just favors the Bears because I believe more in their rushing attack. And I do think the simplified offense is helping them, right? It's pretty simple. Just they're going to find a way to get DJ Moore the ball. They're going to run. And if not, they're play field position and, and, and rely on their defense, which has been strong. So Detroit could be without Frank Ragnall, uh, the center. The, um, I bet them last week with my brother on our, on our circuit million card. And their 33-28 win over New Orleans covering – as I think four-point favorites was misleading. They tried to give that game away. They played like shit against the Packers on Thanksgiving. I think they are kind of trending down, if not peaked. Uh, 
So it's the worst of the number, but I'm taking the Bears. Um, this is going to be a great start for us because I have no thoughts. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, look, I, I bet the Lions to finish first in the NFC a few weeks ago. Uh, that was pre them losing to the Packers, which was super annoying. Uh, I don't feel good about it anymore. I thought their schedule set up really nicely for them, including this game here against the Bears. I was disappointed when they lost to the Packers. However, I don't think their game last week was misleading. Um, they dominated early, easily, and I think just kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit more than anything. Um, you know, facing a Derek Carr-led team coming from behind, I think they just got a little bit cocky and, and kind of coasted to victory, which happens. And look... I just I I find it hard to believe that the Bears are only three point dogs to the Lions. I I just think the the Lions are much better than the Bears. So is your thing? But but yeah. I wouldn't bet it because to the points you made, I don't love Jared Goff outdoors. He's never been great outdoors, uh, especially in the cold. So I don't love like that's that's the that's the I I can see it in my head going both ways where the lions just come out and dominate cause they're the better team or one of those games where Goff really struggles in the weather. And I don't know. It's a tough one. No, well, that's fair. It is tough. Um, it is getting to the point where you got to really kind of suck it up and bet the bears because if you are going to bet the bears, because it's just like, this is probably the cheapest lions price you're going to get in this know considering how high they've been power rated by the market yeah i look i i struggle with justin fields because and and i have his entire career because i i do think he stinks um as i said many times doesn't fit the mold of an ideal quarterback in your opinion i don't know that that's true i don't have an ideal quarterback you need to be able to do a few things and there are things he just literally can't do like read a defense that matters on a more macro level but like on a game level where you know his elite athleticism can win football games and i think people have trouble like parsing like sometimes i feel like a hypocrite if i back fields or say like he's talented or something it's like oh you hate justin fields like yeah long term i don't think he can succeed or win a super bowl because he just lacks basic football awareness and he can't read defenses but on a game-to-game basis, he's an incredible athlete. He has a strong arm. He can make big plays. He also makes a lot of really bad plays that turn into big plays for the opponent. So I just I struggle with fields. He's he's one of my like I don't want to say blind spot, but just like I just struggle to evaluate him on a game-by-game basis in a predictive way. I have the same trouble with your boy Kirk Cousins. I couldn't. I couldn't win a bet. But he's pretty fading. consistently the same. I mean, I don't know. He, I'm just saying I couldn't win a bet fading him or betting on him for a couple of years there, and it really pissed me off. Yeah, I mean the Vikings are a weird team, but we can we can get into that some. We've we've talked enough about them. Yeah, I'm not breaking down the Vikings Raiders with you. No, please, I don't care. <laughs> we have reached that part of the season. I, we did talk last week, and look, I'm still going to watch every Island game because you know it's a, it's an NFL game. But there are definitely games where I don't care. 
Like, we've reached that point. The only reason I'm watching this Thursday night football game is because there's only two NBA games, and I have three TVs. It's kind of like, uh, am I not going to put the NFL game on one of them? Am I not? Yeah, I... I wrote about this a little bit because, you know, people have been giving Al Michaels shit for like, oh, Al Michaels sounds bored. Like, bro, you think Al Michaels sounded bored before? (laughs) You've got Steelers, Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky where the total is 30. 30. I mean, this is as bad of an on-paper matchup as I can even envision. I don't know what. I don't like at least if the Steelers were also like had a terrible record, you could somewhat convince yourself like, hey, this could be for the number one pick or something. But like the Steelers are maybe going to make the playoffs, but they stink. And the Patriots, God, they stink. I don't know. Well, you're going to watch it because you you bet on the Patriots to finish with the worst record. This is a big one. This is one they could win. This is huge. You know how pissed I'm going to be at the Buffalo Bills by the end at the end of the year if the Patriots finish with like one more win. And the Panthers. Oh, for losing to the Patriots. That was a bad one. <laughs> when you look at that, it's kind of crazy. Like, them beating Zach Wilson, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. You know? But the Bills, you <laughs> come on. Come on, Buffalo. And it just happens, though. Like, yeah, teams have bad losses. That's why I'm still, like, I'm still holding out. I know the Panthers look like shit. I'm not going to bet the Panthers this week. I bet them last week. They covered for me. I feel kind of fortunate, even though they probably should have won the game. But, like. I still think with their division and shit happens, I'm shocked they're going to win. Betting them this week. Oh, I, it's they are one of my leans, you know. And it it's getting to the point with the Bills. The Bills are kind of my. Is it just no, on my, I got to ask card about here. this though. Is it just you've been burned so many times you can't do it because this sets up perfectly for you? You hate Dennis Allen. You hate the Saints. They're giving five, which is a lot for the Saints to give any other NFL team. The Panthers closed at three and a half last week against the Bucks. I think the Bucks are better than the Saints. I mean, the Bucks throttled the Saints in New Orleans earlier this year. So, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I kind of want to bet the Panthers, but it's like... I'm shocked you aren't. I can't believe it. I, I, I know you watch a ton of football. The Panthers-Bucks might have been one of the games you didn't pay too close attention to, or did you watch it? So... I have the ability to have seven t- seven NFL games on in my living room at any given time. So you, so yeah, you caught it right because it was one of the yes. four o'clock games. I was able to watch every game this, okay. this week. Well, I'm a little skewed because I bet the Panthers, but I didn't feel great about it ever and during that game. And I don't really, I like was, the other games that I have here. I don't agree I just, though. Like I always felt like Carolina was going to cover that game. There was never a point where I was like, oh, they're not going to cover this. Yeah, but. I don't know. It felt like the Bucks didn't play a good game, and the Panthers could have got out and hit on that one, and they just couldn't. They just—they really didn't have the offense. But you, don't, but you don't need them to. No, you need them to cover five points, which on the road, which they just did against arguably a worse team. Yeah, and I was sweating. I mean, a better team. Excuse me, I meant to say better team. I gotta be. I'm no, no. <laughs> to your point. The Bills are probably my fifth team on my card here, and the Panthers are a heavy lean for me. We're going to talk about the Eagles-Cowboys. i got a heavy lean in that one. It's I'm a Giants fan, so I can't, but the fact that the Chiefs are getting six last week on the road and now they're laying six, or excuse me, getting six at home and now they're laying six on the road, that's outrageous to me. Like, Five weeks ago, people were ready to get rid of Jordan Love, you know, make him a backup. And now they're like, whoa, holy shit, he's the next come of Aaron Rodgers. 
you know, this feels like a perfect time to get the Giants, but I'm not doing the Giants, I don't think. Or no, I'm not going to do the Giants. I don't think I'm going to do the Panthers. We'll talk about my other four picks and get to the second one right now. The uh, L.A. Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. This is like my two brothers fighting. I love these teams. They've both made me money this year. I'm taking the seven points with the Rams. This is supposed to be the worst weather game of the weekend. And I think Matt Stafford can have success in the air in bad weather. And I think there's no chance Lamar Jackson has success in the air in bad weather. And Baltimore's run defense, when you dig deeper into it, is more mediocre than it is elite. The only thing is that their opponents have the lowest rushing rate against the Baltimore Ravens because the Baltimore Ravens jump out to an early lead. So you got to abandon the run. Like you think about the Lions game, the Seahawks game. Those teams had to throw from behind immediately. Like they were getting crushed instantly. So people don't run it at the at the Ravens. As long as the Rams can keep it close, I believe they'll be able to uh, establish the run or have a, a balanced offensive attack. Also, I do think the market is overrating the Ravens, and they typically overrate them in the spot. Their last four games as home favorites following a bye, they're 0-4 against the spread, and that's with Lamar Jackson. And I think why this trend is sticky is because people look at the Ravens as a physical running team with a good coach, so you give them time to rest, time to prepare, and they're going to win. They're going to cover big numbers. But that's just not what happens, and that's not what happened for them post-bye. So... I like the Rams. The Rams have made me money. I think they're trending up, especially with Kyron Williams. Puka Nakua is going to be able to play. Cooper Cup and him seem to have like a nice little, like before Stafford was just forcing the ball too much into Cooper Cup, and now they're both getting it equally. I think this Rams offense is clicking. I don't think the defense is bad as the market does, so I'm taking seven with the Rams. I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna sprinkle on their money line too. I think I think they can win this one out, right? Because I just don't I don't think the I don't think Lamar Jackson's gonna be able to throw the ball at all. We'll see. Um I had a feeling you'd be on this one. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean again, it's another one that I struggle with because I sort of agree with everything you said, but there are some spots that I don't like, like the Rams traveling. East to play a one o'clock game is always tough. Uh, the Rams playing a game in the cold outdoors, always tough. Stafford is n- not exactly a cold weather quarterback. I mean, he played in a dome for most of his career and then he went to LA. He's a Texas boy. Yeah. I also think if Jackson can't throw the ball, that'll be fine because he'll run it more, which I do think it's funny. We, we haven't really talked about it, but remember before the year, he's like, we're going to run the ball with me a lot less and I'm going to throw for 6,000 yards. And yeah, here we are in bullshit. week 14 and he hasn't even hit 3000 yards. Past. He's not even halfway there. And we're in game. What is this game? 13. Um, and he's running cause he has to run. I mean like this, this whole thing of like, we got him paid. Don't be, don't, don't try to hide it. Don't be yeah, shameful about it. I'm like, I, Hey, I, got you paid. I know that's what I'm saying. Like I, I exactly. That's what I'm trying to, I'm doing a bad job, but that's exactly what I'm trying to say, which is like what makes Lamar Jackson a great quarterback is that he runs. Yeah. If he stood in the pocket and and the Steelers who beat Lamar Jackson, like every time, like every Steelers defender is like, yeah, our plan was don't let him run. Yeah. He's going to have to throw it to beat us. And he never does. That was like their defenders literally said that. Like we just were, our plan was cover the edges, 
force him up the middle and make him throw. And he won't beat us. And he doesn't. And he and he doesn't. And honestly, the Chargers did a really good job with that for the most part, uh, even though they ended up losing because their offense is just uh, a mess. Um, but they did a good job. Can the Rams do that is the question. Like, do they have the edge talent? I don't know. I don't know that it's a great matchup for L.A. is what I'll say. Yeah, it, it really kind of depends on how good the Rams' defense can be. Because if they can, if they can um, use Pittsburgh's game plan and just keep Lamar in the pocket and make him passing or make him a passer, then they're going to win this game. We'll see, though. Uh, I'm not confident they can do that. Is what I guess I'm saying. No, but you don't but want I'm to feed me. Confident, no, I'm not confident in the other direction either. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the next pick that I got here. Uh, NFC South matchup, Bucks at the Falcons. Me and you went back forth, back and forth about this a little bit on Slack, and I'm a little confused on where you're at, I think. I I love the Falcons here. I think it's – this is the one where I get I get humbled. This is the this is the one where Desmond Ritter puts up a shitter, and I, I feel stupid. I look stupid. I think, though, frankly, it's an effing joke. They're two and a half. Like – you went on that diatribe about how you watch football. I bet the first Falcons Bucks game. I watched a bunch of football, so I watched that game. It ended sixteen to thirteen. The Falcons should have scored thirty points. Desmond Runner fumbled the ball on the goal line once as he's running across the goal line. Um, he fumbled on the goal line twice. So literally, they had 16, 14 points off the board right there. They should have gotten to thirty. They were zero for five in the red zone. They tried to lose that game, and they still covered and beat Tampa Bay outright. Tampa Bay is going through some injury issues. Carolina Panthers were able to run the ball against them, and that's the strength of Tampa Bay's defense. The Falcons are meaningful, are meaningfully better down-to-down than the Bucs in almost every metric that I can find. More money is on the Bucs. I, I, I really don't get the Bucs argument, and this almost feels like too good to be true. I don't. I don't get it. What could you make a pro bucks argument other than? Well, I, I guess I'll let you do it. No, it's not a pro bucks argument. I just I'll never ever 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 bet on Arthur Smith. He's on the ban list. Ever, ever. It's just not happening. Also, another random thing. That but, like, one, based on EPA that, per play, the Bucks are better than the Falcons, though. Like, what meaningful stat are they not better at? Um, success rate, yards per play, red zone efficiency, third down efficiency, pressure those rate. Those are all such, un, those are such, like, non-sticky stats. Success rate is the stickiest stat. Okay, but then after that, you started getting into a bunch of yards stuff. Yards per play? Like super fluky. Well, EPA per play is a better, is a better metric than yards per play. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but also, then you gave like third down and red zone, which is, again, not super sticky. I think it could be, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. towards the end of the season, I think it becomes stickier and stickier. I think you're trying to – typically, you want to fade like the polar extremes of when teams play like on the polar extremes of, of red zone or third down efficiency. And that's kind of what I'm doing here. The Falcons were 0 I mean, for 5 in the red but zone here's the against thing. the like, Bucs. Let's, let's look at – so the Falcons' defense is suddenly po- – I've noticed this. Falcons' defense is suddenly popping on like – as being 
like a top 10, maybe top eight defense based on, you know, statistical measures. Okay. I, I didn't know if you were saying media or statistics. I got you. Okay. Yeah. No, like statistically speaking, as far as EPA per play, I think they're seventh. Let's see. One, two, three. I mean, four. Jesse Bates is yeah, somewhere he's an all pro defensive player. But here's the thing. Look at the quarterbacks they've played in the last six games or so. I mean, is Baker I guess, one of them? I guess Kyler Murray was the best one, and it was his first game back from a catastrophic injury. Josh Dobbs, Will Levis, Derek Carr, Zach, well, not Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell. They haven't played a quarterback since CJ Stroud in week five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Okay. Baker Mayfield's right. like, a, I mean, Baker Mayfield was one of those names, right? He's playing. Yeah, no, I look. I, I mean, I, they're not two and a half against a good team. They're two and a half against a five and seven team who they've already beaten this year. Oh, did you read? Did you also did you read my article? I already wrote about this. I don't think you did. I included Dude, your been uh, super busy this week. I don't. I don't know if you gathered that by me telling you I didn't look at your picks. Like it's been a crazy busy week in my world. No, I, I my take. Part of the reason I didn't make didn't any care. picks and why. I, no, I came into this kind of shooting from the hip because I have had no time to like look at NFL stats this week. I've been knee deep in like other outkick stuff. I know one of your favorite topics, transgender athletes, has been all over my docket. So. Yeah, can't not wait gonna, for all your gonna... pieces to come out on that. <laughs> yeah, did you read? My, yeah, did you read my piece? <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't read your tranny talk. Um, no, all right. So I included in my in my Bucks Falcons handicap. I included the the thing you wrote about Arthur Smith's weird um, explanation behind not playing B. John Robinson. If you remember, the game he didn't play him for was against the Bucks. So. So Bijan Robinson should be playing in this game. <laughs> That's even more uh, that I think I, you should pay power ranking Atlanta's offense even higher now. All right, listen. Let's just assume that our slate is completely clean. I will take this head to head. Loser pays out fifty bucks on the spot. Oh, okay. I'm down. I mean, we're not completely clean, but but I'm down. I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What are our gonna... season-long bets? I know I got you on the Metcalf Cooper Cup one. What was our other one? I can't remember. I got you last week with one of them. It was the Chiefs-Packers, right? I don't think we did any head-to-heads last no, week. No, you definitely, you definitely took the Chiefs. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Go back. No, and, I did Yes, go back and listen to the tape. For sure. And it's time-coded. You definitely took the Chiefs. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, then that I was up one, so that got you back to you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, man, I just had something to say to you. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, we can go head to head though in this one. I'm cool with that. I think that's crazy taking the bucks. Whatever. Um, I think we're gonna be on the same side in the next one though, dude. Because you hate the Denver Broncos, and I really want to fade them. They're going to L.A. to play the Chargers, and we got to start with this. I live in L.A. It's going to be a 65-35 Denver crowd. There's actually a lot of Broncos fans around here. It's kind of crazy. A lot more than Charger fans. But moving away from that, this is actually a rare game where the Chargers have the better defense. The Broncos' defense is terrible. I'm going to do some – 
transitive property handicapping. Hopefully, I use that that that, that term properly. I, I so might not. Bron- who did the Broncos beat and the Chargers beat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's the transitive property. Thanks. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm using it right. All right, so the Chargers beat the Jets by 21 on the road. Denver lost to the Jets by 10 at home. Both was against Zach Wilson. The Chargers beat Minnesota with Cousins by 10 in Minnesota. Detroit beat Minnesota with Dobbs. Or excuse me, Denver beat Minnesota with Dobbs by one at home. I don't know if you remember that game. That was fluky as shit. And the Chargers uh, lost. I think that was the game that our boss had to admit that Josh Dobbs stinks, (laughs) even though he tried to convince us that he was happy Kirk Cousins was hurt and that they had Josh Dobbs, who they're now considering benching, by the way. That yeah, lasted because he can't help but turn the ball over. Because you know, it's there's Josh a reason Dobbs. he's 28 years old and didn't like make an active roster until yeah. last season. He's a genius. He's probably a wonderful human, a great locker room guy. He's well, not very good at football. Argument. Aren't you the one a few weeks ago? Didn't you try to make the argument he doesn't have to play football, so thus he must love it? Yeah, and I still believe that. That's the oh, only okay. reason he can go out there and play like shit and still be like, you know what? I'm down. Like. Should go work for NASA or do something that's safer, and you know, probably in his case, might pay even better. He just dude loves football, and I don't know. Was, yeah, I think just, I was fading the right, Saints, not, so it was like he's not very good at it. Yeah, yeah, he's not very good at it, and still, it doesn't get him down. Oh, last one: Chargers lost to Miami by two. Denver lost to Miami by fifty, by fifty, and people are just like, yeah, that doesn't count. I know. Well, why not? Why doesn't it count? They, they didn't want to win. They didn't want to win that game. But why? I don't know. I um, I got into an argument with our colleague. No, not really an argument, but like he loves Sean Payton because anyone who ever meets Sean Payton loves him. Apparently, he's a super great dude, and I'm sure he is. Yeah, I have nothing against him personally. I just don't think he's nearly as good a football coach. Um, and then casual fans. I mean, I agree with you 100%. This line is ridiculous. The Chargers are much better than Denver. Denver stinks. Like, I'm sorry. They stink. They, if you look at, they're the only team in the NFL who has a turnover differential of plus five or better and has more than 15 of their own turnovers. That's how many they've gotten. Now, you could say that they generate turnovers, but they don't. If you watch their games, they don't generate turnovers. They're, They're getting the ball handed to them, which does happen. But that's fluky. Like, you look at a team, we've talked about this before, but, like, you look at other teams that generate turnovers, Dallas, San Francisco, like, great pass rush, cornerbacks who can jump routes and make plays. Like, yeah, some turnovers are generated, but some aren't, and most of Denver's aren't. And it's not like Denver doesn't turn the ball over themselves. They have 17 turnovers this year, which is, I think, I don't know, it's in the top eight or so of of giveaways this season. And that's pretty much what happened last. And actually, last week's game I thought was a little misleading in the final score um, against Houston. So that was way too sweaty as a Houston backer. It I shouldn't was, have been either. Yeah, I mean they got the ball in the so, end zone the final play. He just, he just threw it to the wrong team. <laughs> that yeah, if they would have if they would have won that game, I pro- I might have killed myself if I'm being honest. Oh, I would have been I would have been brutal because I went into just, the weekend one zero, and that was my only I think. I think that was my only one o'clock game. I needed that one because I've talked so much shit on Peyton and the Broncos. If they beat Houston on the road, like no matter, like I could try to reason it away any way I could, which I would have. But 
Oh, it would have been you point, are what your record says you are. That would have been the point, counter everyone just turns on you and just goes, yeah. no, you're biased. And I'm like, all right, fine. I mean, I might be. Oh, no. You're biased against bad football. They're not a good football team. I'm with you. No, I'm going to go stronger on this because I've already bet my money and I'm going to make this a pick. The Broncos are fugazi. They're they're bullshit. It's, it, it's, it, it's smoke and mirrors. This guy throws dumb luck moonshots or little dunk, uh, dump downs. Like He can't dissect a defense. I'm talking about Russell Wilson anymore. Javante Williams is he's pretty good, but he's not a he's not a needle mover, right? Their defense is again, I'm gonna use it again, fluky. And last week the Chargers they played like complete shit, right? They only beat the Pantry at six and nothing, but I actually kind of think they just didn't want to do anything offensively. I think Brandon Staley is like, listen. Don't turn the fucking ball over. They're not scoring. They're not going to score weather, this week. Yeah, the weather was brutal too. Yeah, but like if you saw, I don't know if you saw the play before. But look, that's a, that is a big char- problem for the Chargers though. They they lost everybody on offense. Like, for sure. They have Keenan Allen. That's it. Yep. Not anybody else on that team can play. Yep. And to your Austin Eckler point, which I've never been a huge Austin Eckler uh, fan. I love him for back. fantasy because volume. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. He can be whack in the Chargers offense, in Brandon Staley's offense or, you know, his whatever, with Justin Herbert, he produces fantasy points. But he isn't very good. And if you actually go look, I just pulled it up, Kelly and Eckler are among, both of them are among, like, the worst at expected rushing yards. And that actually takes into account the offensive line. So it's not, they're not getting yards because the offensive line stinks. That's, they're not getting yards because they don't get yards. Either one of them. Nope. They're both among the worst running backs in the league, which is, you know. And again, Austin Eckler is... Out of 45 qualifying running backs, he's 38th in success rate. And Josh Kelly's 32nd. They're and, too slow. And They're Austin, both slow. Austin Eckler held a running backs only meeting about how to get them paid more. It's like, dude, they should have another meeting without you. <laughs> like, no, I disagree. He's the perfect. He's like, dude, I suck and I got paid. That's, oh, all right. That's, that's a good that's way to exactly look at it. That's exactly the guy too. you yeah. want to listen to when it comes <laughs> yeah, to getting sure. paid. Dude, I'm not even very good at this, and I got yeah. paid. <laughs> Here, I'll take my tips, and this is how you fail yeah. up. Yeah. Like, dude, guy who's good, <laughs> you should be making way more than me. <laughs> yeah, for real. But no, like, they're too slow. Their offense is too slow. Like, that's it. Quentin Johnson was a bust. I'm already willing to say it. Um, Rookie receiver should not struggle the way he is to just do anything, and he looks slow. Uh, I mean, even Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's very good and great hands, great route runner, but he's not fast. They like keep Mike dropping Williams balls was actually too. probably their fastest player, and he's hurt. He's out for the year. And then Josh Palmer, which again, if you're if you're starting to talk about Josh Palmer being hurt as a problem for your offense, you already didn't have enough yep. guys. But it has been so they just don't have anybody. However, neither does Denver. Man, I wanted to go over on this, as we talked about earlier, because I think these defenses stink. But now I've talked myself into the under, because these teams stink. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have I Chargers defense is actually trending up. You could you could talk about who yeah. they played, but, like, they it's played a, a good them. game against Lamar Jackson. And I think they were... They did. They, they I think did. they were minus four in turnover differential. So, they didn't... The offense wasn't helping out the defense at all. And they, they showed up. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm with you. They did give up 41 to the Lions, though, which was not great. Yeah, for sure. But the Broncos gave up 70. (laughs) 
that's why I wanted to go over. I'm like, I don't, I really don't think either one of these defenses is great. But I mean, to your point, they they shut out the Patriots, which isn't hard to do, but it's still a shutout in the NFL. It's not easy to shut anybody out. Um, and yeah, I think they played really well against Lamar Jackson. They had a good plan. They just gave up. They had way too many times where they perfectly played Lamar Jackson and then left the middle of the field wide open for no reason. Yeah, I think they held Cowboys uh, when well, they lost 20 to 17. So defense yeah. showed up there. They played decent against Jordan Love. They lost that game. But I mean, he's been playing, he's been kind of balling out lately. And I mean, he went for 300. Yeah, they lost times, that game because they still I think scored they had... less than 24 points. Yeah, they lost that game, though, because you remember because they had like four or five drops. Like, that's one of the games that got me yeah. closer to even money with you, even though I, I was behind, right? Even though I won Packers, Chargers. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I was a, I was like plus four, and then I think you may have hit like four in a row. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, final game here that I – well, the final bet that I have, um, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills here. This feels square. Yeah, it does feel square. But I think it's going to be good two-way action because you I say – I mean, the market is saying that the Chiefs – that the Bills are better which is actually kind of crazy if you think about it, especially if you think about just sort of public narratives. The fact that the Chiefs are only one-and-a-half-point favorites at home, yeah. Vegas is telling you Buffalo's better. For sure. And I think you're kind of right in that the public is probably going to look at that and go, the Bills aren't better than the Chiefs. Like, why is that line so low? Like, like 90, 95% of the betting money comes in an hour before the game. So I think when when it's when it's like all right, it's a pick 'em. We got the Chiefs just losing. They're at Arrowhead. This is you know, they're playing for the one seed. They can put they can put the they can lock the Bills in the basement for the rest of the season. Like I think people are gonna talk themselves into betting the Chiefs come game. You know, I agree, and I actually don't know that the Chiefs are playing for that much right now. If if I'm being honest, I think they're I just mean, kind of hold on. Like I know that the I, battle. F- I th- the battle I think... for the one seed is so packed in the AFC that, like, and the Chiefs are going to win the division by default because there's no one, like, the, the Broncos going to catch them? Come on, get the hell out of here. No, they're losing this week. Right. Yeah. So the Chiefs are kind of, like, locked in. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to get a home playoff game. That's kind of when they show up anyway. I, I don't, like, the Bills are playing for their lives right now. Yeah. They have to win games, and they got to win them now. A, yeah, man. Like, it's I'm a burn the you. boats game. It's like we either take this land or we die trying. You know. I mean, I'm with you in that. Like, it it feels square just based on like recency bias, being that the Chiefs just lost in kind of embarrassing fashion. But the, uh, in the Bills time. keep losing in embarrassing. What's the What's the last memory of the Bills? Blowing it against the Eagles. What was the one before that? Right? They probably blew another game. Like they've they have so many shitty losses and the public is probably so burned by them that I think the, the line movement is sharp, right? There are people who are respected by the sports books that are betting the bills. So according to DraftKings right now, yeah, 60% of the money line bets are on the Chiefs. 66% of the spread bets are on the Chiefs. Well, I mean, we'll see. I think it'll be good two-way action. And The over is also getting hammered and I... I, I, it shouldn't be. So that's that was my other point here. This is going to be the third time um, in the last three seasons these teams have met, all in Kansas City. The Bills beat them 38-21 to tw- in 2001, beat them 24-20 last year. 
including the playoffs, which obviously the Bills lost to uh, the Chiefs a couple years ago. Allen's last three games against the Chiefs, he's got a 68% completion percentage, 324 yards per game, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 131 quarterback rating. The Bills' offense is fully healthy. They got all their weapons. Chiefs' defense is banged up. I don't see how the Bills don't get to 30 here. I don't. And I am one of the first people to say this Chiefs' defense is actually pretty good. Like I said this last year. So I have respect for the Chiefs defense, but their linebacker core is banged up. And, like, it's a basketball term mostly. It doesn't so much apply to football, but good offense does beat good defense sometimes. And I think the Bills are going to be able to put their put points up on the board. What? You disagree? I just No, I just think that's funny. Like, as though that's some, like, crazy profound adage. No, sometimes I, great I, offense beats great defense. <laughs> Yeah, and also sometimes great defense beats great offense. Sometimes bad offense beats great defense. I wasn't trying to be profound. (laughs) The point was it's more of a basketball. Sometimes anything happens. (laughs) It's more of a basketball analogy because you can force Michael Jordan into fadeaways and he's still going to bang him. But like like a defense can just take over in football. But I believe that the Bills are going to be able to score 30 regardless. If the Bills can split the next two, they play the Chiefs and the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys game is a much tougher game for them. Although I think getting, I think getting that game at home is a huge win for Buffalo. And I don't think they mind going into Arrowhead at all. And they've done it before. So last two years, I, I think this is actually they could win both of these games. In which case, the entire narrative around the Bills will change because then they play the Chargers. Who, yeah, sad to say, like they're gonna smoke the Chargers. And then they play the Patriots. I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen there. And they play the Dolphins in Week 18 in what could be a really interesting game. Yeah, because Dolphins could be playing for the one seed. and the Or pa- possibly or the to Bills. hang on to the division at that point, depending on how things sort of yeah, it's true. work out. I mean, who do I the Dolphins the Dolphins, the Dolphins Yeah, the Dolphins schedule. Well, they've got Tennessee and the Jets next. But then they finish the season with Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. So if all Buffalo could be win, losses. If if Buffalo were to win out, I mean, it, you know, win up until that game, and Miami were to lose up until that game, then Buffalo would be one game behind Miami, but they beat them earlier in the year. So a win would tie them for the division lead, and they would win the tiebreaker by virtue of beating the Dolphins twice. Right. So it is possible that could set up as an AFC East uh, deciding game, which would be interesting. And I know you'll agree. I think you'll agree with me here, and a lot of the listeners will they'll understand what I mean here, but I think the Bills are better than the Chiefs and the Cowboys. I don't really care about the record. <laughs> like, like, if you're going to give me even money and a neutral field, I'll take the I Bills. I think Dallas is really good, man. Yeah, like, I could be wrong I, I on really, that. I, could I really be. think Dallas is really, really good. That's fair. I refuse yeah. to believe that they're they're going to be in the NFC Championship. I think the Eagles or, or Niners clip them, and I just think Dak and this is a bit I of a choke it, artist, but this for I, me, I that, could be that, wrong. That totally... This is what I, we were, we kind of got into this a little bit, just sort of, and I'm not saying there's a better way, but like it's kind of what makes American sports interesting, which is like the playoff system is kind of a crapshoot sometimes. And like last year, the Eagles, I mean, look, they got the one seed, so they deserve to have an easy path, but they had an easy path to the Super Bowl. Um, maybe the easiest ever. Maybe the easiest ever. And that can happen. And it, what, what I keep trying to say in defense of the Bills, because everyone's like, oh, the Bills don't make it to the Super Bowl, it's like, 
they keep getting Kansas City and Cincinnati in the second round, and they play really close games that basically is one play from going the other way, and we're having a completely different conversation about the Bills. Yeah, Whether gets- it was that overtime game that he Allen didn't even get to touch the ball or that 13 seconds when they let the, that, that game. When, the, when It had nothing to do with Allen. He gave right. them the lead with 13 seconds left in the game. The last play he made was a touchdown. That's right. <laughs> and it's like the conversation around him is like, oh, they can't win the big one. It's like we're so fickle. And it, it people don't realize like how thin these margins are. They keep putting themselves in position. Now, they got beat up by the Bengals, and that was a bad loss. But that had less to do with Josh Allen and more to do with the fact that their defensive line couldn't break through the Bengals' horrible offensive line. Like, that was a yeah, display. People complained about the field struggle. conditions and stuff like that. But it was the just – The Bills got out-tumped by the Bengals, and that was not a good – like, that wasn't a good look. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with it. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that – the idea that the Bills have underachieved by losing to Burrow and Mahomes in the playoffs like the last three years, just it's just how it goes sometimes. And so Dallas this year is kind of that team. Like it's going to depend where they end up falling and who they have, like what their path ends up being. Because if they get like, if they manage to get, you know, the NFC South winner in the first round and then like Detroit in the second round, Dallas is going to the NFC championship game. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Like, what's the matchup? What's that second-round matchup for Dallas going to look like? Is it San Francisco, Philly, or Detroit? Well, well that's a perfect segue. And because, uh, you know, I'm on the Bills. You know, we're kind of done here, right? Let's talk about the Cowboys-Eagles, which I have no action in. I have a heavy lean to the Cowboys um, because they're peaking. And, and Eagles look like they're trying to kind of just hold on, right? It's only a lean though because Bro, we as got people you, sitting here saying that Marcus Mariota should start for the Eagles. That's the that's the so, portion of the oh, season yeah. we've reached. That's the part of the season we've reached. It's, it's, Skip, it's David Carr, right? I think Skip David Bayless Carr. called used to call him used car, <laughs> which, which is hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. What's, that dude oh God, is then what's Derek Carr? Shripping. Yeah, De- Derek. Oh wait, no. So David Carr is used car. Derek Carr is pre-owned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've switched that. Uh, yeah, I don't he's the know. newer version of the same exact thing that sounds better, but really isn't that much better. I only read the highline, uh, the high, the headline. Excuse me, and like, I don't know, like a brief sentence before I was like, I'm not gonna even continue this. But was he saying that? Was he saying to keep Jalen Hurts healthy, or he said, was he well, saying Mariota so has a higher upside? <laughs> No, no, no. He was he was saying he doesn't think Hurts is healthy right now. Okay. That's why he's struggling. And that if he's not healthy, they're gonna be in the playoffs. Like let Mariota start a few weeks, get Hurts healthy because you're gonna need him come next month. I think was his point. I, I don't hate that, but this is this is my concern with this game and lean into the Cowboys. Like, and, and we talked about this. It's like this is for the division. Eagles win this game, and this shit is over, right? So like. If they want to rest hurts, you know, oh, and the maybe Eagles they are can. Alive, dog. They're getting the money on DraftKings. Oh, really? But are more bets on the Cowboys? Nope. Oh, I don't know. I, uh, they only do bets, pl- percentage of bets placed. They don't give you money. Okay. Play. All right. Yeah. Percentage of bets are all coming in on Eagles, both spread and money line. What's the What's the ratio? It's close. It's like fifty-seven, forty-three, but it's a dog getting the yeah, majority. Yeah, public dog. So, 
They're a public dog, which you'd expect them to be. They're the reigning NFC champions. They're playing Dallas, who is I, – I can't figure out Dallas. They used to be like bet against the Cowboys because the public bets them, so you always get a good number well, with the Cowboys. We figured this out like on a week seven last season, week yeah. six, where it's like, nah, they actually cover. Like they cover his favorites under Mike, Mike yeah, McCarthy. Because I, I think it's turned. Like I think the hatred for the Cowboys is greater than like people – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think there's like I think it's possible that even just that whole adage was kind of off. And maybe like there's not legal sports betting in Texas, but there is in Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. Mm. So like, yeah, there's just sure. more anti-cowboy. Well, even though they're America's team, but there are more anti-cowboy on, fans just coming into the market. So based on the EPA per player that we talk about all the time, like if you tier them out, the teams, the Cowboys are two full tiers ahead of the Eagles. And this line says that the Cowboys are about a half a point better. They're not a half point better. This line should be six. Yeah. But you can't, especially in a division match, you can't just go raw stats. You know? I'm just saying the line should be six. So, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. What's your... We might not win, but I think the line is off. That, that can happen. I think... Sometimes the line is off, man. Sometimes the team that's favored doesn't win. Man, yeah. Sometimes good offense just beats good defense. I see what you're doing. Hey, I think you've hit the mortgage bet of the week in back to back weeks. I have. Yeah. You gotta give you, you gotta give us something. What's your mortgage bet of the week? Is it is it over tight end yards for whoever's playing against the Seahawks? You remember that? They buttoned that up, by the way. <laughs> you remember that? That it, angle yeah, that you found last year? Yeah, it hit every week. Yeah, you like pay you paid a month of rent on that. Seven weeks in a row, every time. Just whoever the tight end, bet the over on his receiving. He'll do it. Yeah. Um, okay, let me – that's a good question. I don't know that there's one that really jumps out at me this week. And it – It's just a it, month it, of mortgage, right? I'll put a month of my rent. I don't, have, I don't have a house. But I'll put on the Chargers. Dude, screw the Broncos. Broncos if, are bullshit. Right. I'm going to do it. You know what? You're right. I, I have, I've been coming to this pod with no picks, but I have the rule of Dan Z is in effect. You got to take the Colts. You got to take the Colts over the Bengals. My, me and my brother do a contest together, and he's he's big into the Colts here. He, he kind of is talking me into it. I know you're heavy into this, too. I, it just, it's, I mean, Jake Browning coming off a Monday night football performance like that, he can't repeat it. He just can't. Like it's first of all, it's impossible. Second of all, I feel like that shifted the narrative completely around this team in again one game. It was a great game. Don't get me wrong. But the problem is, here I am on friggin' DraftKings, and the Colts are actually getting slight majority. Although it's it's like fifty fifty. But again, so it's I guess the public hasn't really picked a side. But I was hoping that the public was going to be more into the Bengals than they seem to be. Yeah, but, but the, the, the gonna, betting split take... stuff is usually just like the cherry on top of the handicap on Sunday. I'm taking the Colts. Love it. Mortgage bet of the week. All right. Uh, just recap what I'm betting. I am taking, I'm taking laying two and a half with the Falcons, taking three with the Bears, taking seven with the Rams, laying three with the Chargers, and taking one and a half with the Bills, Pretty, you know, whatever. Pretty much. I'm betting the Bills against the Chiefs this week, one way or the other. Mortgage bet of the week, Colts over the Bengals. Love it. Where can people find your stuff? 
Outkick.com, at RealDanZach on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. All right. Let's connect with Fox News' Scott Martin. The Barking Dog segment is back. I got the homie Fox News contributor, renaissance man, gambler, music dude, Scott Martin. Scott, you finally broke out of your slump with a 2-1 and NFL Week 13. I think the wins are going to come rolling along, and we're going to get you above 500 by the playoffs. How confident are you in the NFL Week 14 slate? I'm pretty confident, man. I, I'm feeling the feel of this This whole uh, Vegas is going to get their way back on the public, as we talked about last week's pod, on, on last week's pod. And you always have such a great outlook, too, Jeff. I mean, I will come on the pod if I'm 0-3 or 3-0, just knowing that you're going to be so supportive, like the good friend that you are. But seriously, it is funny how last week I loved the card, and we got we missed the Browns-Rams, uh, the Browns Rams, which you had the Rams on that one, blowing them out, which they did. But the other yeah, two no, no weeks. No we. Right, you, right. you did. No we. Okay, fine. There, there's no we and we. I got it, okay? No, <laughs> there's no we and you and me. I get it. But I did have the Niners uh, covering that one easy, rocking chair cover, as you like to say, and the Texans, too, uh, ending the, the Broncos winning streak. So, look, th- there's games out there, and there were other games that the model played, this whole fade the public model, looking at reverse line movement, looking at capital flows, looking at big numbers and where the public is around some of those numbers, like the threes, the six, the sevens. But finding out where the public is and going against them, and last week, was a great example of that, as was Sunday night football and Monday night football when the public got run over by a steamroller. Yeah, you last week you went with two favorites because they were fading public dogs. This week you're getting back towards like your 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 stick or your the main theme of your of your model, which is just betting underdogs. And I'm excited yes. about that. Oh wow. Well thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to have you excited. It's it's good to be excited with you because I am excited about Sometimes, Jeff, when you look at the card every week, they're just games that look better even though the team is favored. And by that, I mean there's just that overly uh, assumptive public view of a team that is, say, getting points that thinks that, hey, the public thinks that this is an even match and the team's getting three or four on the road. So there were some teams that we've had to pick along the way of the pod, you know, in the first several weeks especially, where some of these teams were not um, were not favored, or they were favored rather, but they were public dogs. So the first one today, in fact, it just looks – it looks too good to almost be true um, – is the fact that we have uh, Bills Chiefs. I mean, Bills Chiefs, Bills at Chiefs is, is a is a perfect setup, Jeff, for the public still thinking that Kansas City is Kansas City of last year and Kansas City of the year before, with some with some uh, questionable injuries too, with uh, Isaiah um, Pacheco obviously questionable, but probably going to play. Tranquil, uh, the defensive back, is probably not going to play. Um, he got hurt uh, mid mid game uh, on Sunday night, and so. There's some issues there with the uh, Kansas City, let's say, defense, and in general just with the fact that they're going to lose Tranquil, but also the Kansas City offensive Pacheco's, let's say, a little gimpy. And the fact, too, that the Bills, the Bills D is not good, but the Bills offense has started to come on. And the fact, too, that the Bills are still that team that has a chance to make the playoffs. They have a chance to turn this season around. The public absolutely hates them because the public has been burned left and right on the Bills all year long. So they're going to the window and saying, gosh, if I'm only – taking the Chiefs at home and giving up a point and a half against the Bills or maybe buying it down to minus one point. The public is all over the Chiefs so far in this one, thinking that the Chiefs bounce back, bounce back, thinking that these are the Chiefs of yesteryear, and it's maybe not so much the Bills even of yesteryear, it's the Bills of this year, which wouldn't be good. But the Chiefs are not as good as what I think people think they are, and they're still going through this transition of figuring out what they are, and the Bills are ripe to come in and take this one and probably take this one right out, not just beat that one point, one and a half point spread. 
Yes. So where I agree with you, A, this is one of my picks as well. Bills plus one and a half. Um, I love that. It's making my circuit million card, I believe. I got a few leans. I'm pretty excited about this card. But to your point, the public loves betting on the Bills and they've been burned so much by them that they're holding the Bills' losses and poor performance against them more so than the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not looked good for weeks now. Travis Kelsey looks old. Like you said, they got a lot of injuries well, he's got to their a girlfriend defense. now, though, Jeff. Oh, yeah, Jeff, I've he's heard about that. he's got a full-time that. girlfriend now. So, yeah, so I think he's busy on the, off, you know, on the off days. Yeah, he's like going to her job. It's like bring your boyfriend to work day for the heiress tour. So cute, so cute. <laughs> and, I, I mean, we're kind of joking, but I think there's some truth in that, man. Like, like being her boyfriend has to be a full-time job. That has to be eating away at, at his bandwidth and taking away what he can do on the football field to a, to a, a slight degree. But it's also like he's he's old. He's getting old, and eventually he's going to fall off. And maybe this is the year that he starts to regress. Also, like you said, dude, there's some crazy injuries to the linebacking core. Buffalo's offense is fully healthy. They have an elite quarterback who's got a, a, a top-five wide receiver. There is no reason for the Bills to not score 30 in this game. None. Great call. And are they scared to go in Kansas City and throw up 35? No, because they've done it before. It's been an annual thing where they've come in there and tried to outscore the Chiefs, and they haven't been able to because, to your point, man, the Chiefs' offense has been so darn good and so locked in, they could beat anybody. They were world beaters. But to your point about the swift well, effect on i got to correct you there, though. They've beaten Chiefs in Kansas City two straight years. Um Two years ago, 2021, they beat them, I think it was 38-20, and last year it was 24-20. So they can, 24-20. They can win in Arrowhead. Exactly, on a, on a three-point spread or so. So they, they can come in there and do this. They don't even need points. And, you know, win-loss records are equal in the last five games. There's that whole aspect of where is the team mindset? Is Kansas City going in this game looking to not lose and, and get embarrassed or just kind of look stupid out there against the Bills team that's going to come in fired up that, to your point, can come in and win these games because they've proven they have and they've got way more to gain, I think, than the Chiefs do to lose on this game. And that's why I like the Bills. And the public is not seeing yet that. They're, they're all over the Chiefs on this, thinking the Chiefs bounce back and, and saying taking it minus one for the Chiefs like a pick em, like a coin flip, is, is a great call for the Chiefs. I think it's the exact opposite, man. Well, every – Every half point that that line drops, more and more people are betting the Kansas City Chiefs. Bingo. Bingo. And that's the trap. That is the public trap that Vegas wants you to walk right into. So please don't after you hear this analysis. And <laughs> and like you said, the hungry dog runs faster. Bills absolutely need this game. This is, this is their backs against the wall. Season's over if they lose this one. Absolutely. The hundred, uh, hungry dog gets the Alpo or whatever it may be that they're feeding them that's horrible kibble. But you know what? The Bills will take that kibble and eat it all day long at 6-6 six and six and trying to make the playoffs here. Well, you know more about dog food than me, but whatever. That's not here I used to eat about. dog food. <laughs> I've I've tried some of my dog's treats just to get an idea of what, what she likes or what she's dealing with. <laughs> just to ask her opinion. She asked her opinion, and she's like, oh, try them. And then you try them and give her your opinion. I like that, <laughs> yeah, Jeff. You are, you are an unbelievable good. dog owner. You're <laughs> yeah. a good dog dad. Yeah, I try to meet them uh, eye level. Um, all right. Let's say, see, this is good. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, what's your what's your second pick in week fourteen? Moving on to uh, to real life things. Uh, Raiders, man. Raiders, Vikings. Uh, going to this game actually. Have in you, Vegas. You're a Vikings fan. Have you tracked yes. how you how you do betting for or against them? 
It's probably about even, to be honest with you. There's some good ones. I mean, I took the Bears a couple weeks ago in the Monday night game, which was one of the model's biggest bets because the public was so heavy on the Vikings minus three. The Vikings lost the game. That was a five-unit play, if I remember. That was a five-star bet. Yeah, man, that was gigantic for the Bears, and they dominated that game, and the Vikings are completely inept. And I think that's what we're looking at, man, against the Raiders game. It's a second-half slate, so uh, 425 Eastern game in Las Vegas. I will be there screaming Mayhem up and probably getting beaten up because the fact that I'm still cheering for the Vikings just in my heart because I love the Vikings. But I look at the numbers. I look at the public fates. I look at the capital flows. I look at where this spread is at, at minus three for the Vikings. So on a neutral field, the Vikings are what? Minus six at home. The Vikings are what? Minus nine, roughly. Right, Jeff? That's your whole six point spread thing that you explained to me, I think, in week two and week one, which I absolutely loved and still go to bed dreaming about it because it's very true. And so you still have Justin Jefferson questionable. You got a two game, you got, you got each team have two game losing streaks, but you got um, Devontae Adams waking up a little bit. You've got the Raiders defense and the Raiders offense kind of coming together a little bit more. I think they're kind of starting to feel what um, some of the new coaching system, what some of the new ownership wants of them. And the Vikings, man, are struggling. I mean, they have looked terrible in a couple games. Josh Dobbs does not seem like the rocket scientist that Stephen A. Smith said he was. And certainly he still has trouble getting around the pocket, it seems like, a little bit, Jeff. And I don't know if Kevin O'Connell has changed the play calling a little bit or tried to open it up too much for him or maybe just locked it down on him too much. But this team that the Vikings is coming in as is, to me, not as effective and not on the up and up as much as the Raiders are, which is crazy to say because I hate to hear that because of the fact that I love the Vikings. But three points seems way too much to be giving in Las Vegas on the road or on the road, yes, but also on against a team that still can win some games here, man, and make some noise in the AFC West. Yeah, I think too many, too much of Minnesota's rankings and performance with Kirk Cousins is being baked into this number. I feel yep. these teams are the pretty equal everything. on a neutral field and Vegas or excuse me, the sports books are saying that the Vikings are clearly a better team. And I, I just don't get there with, with that. Right. And let's shake it down. We got two uh, second string quarterbacks in there now, right? We've got running backs, which we got Madison and we versus Josh Jacobs. I'll take Jacobs in that day, all day all, in that game all day long. You've got Devonte Adams, Versus Alice Addison, which, you know, he's Jordan Addison, which is fine because, you know, that's one of those matchups that's even, but still not quite Justin. No, no. I think if you, let's just, let's just say, let's just for argument's sake, say Justin Jefferson's healthy. I would take Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers over Justin Jefferson banged up or coming off an injury and Jordan Addison as a rookie. Exactly. And those two are great matchups because those are going to be the back and forth. I mean, that's going to be the ebb and flow of the game. And those two are probably going to be trading blows because the Vikings will probably try to stop Josh Jacobs. But once they stop Jacobs, then you've got Adams breaking out as he has been. He's getting more comfortable with the new quarterbacking system, with some of the new uh, kind of ways they've been setting up the offense. And that, to me, man, again, is not worth three points in Vegas for a 4 o'clock game Eastern time when the Vikings are struggling just as much as the Raiders are, if not more. I also think the Vikings have a slight coaching edge, but I think that's mitigated by the bye week. Like, so I think Antonio Pierce to give him enough time, he can cook up some schemes against the Vikings. He and has so far. Kevin O'Connell kind of subliminally, or maybe even more overtly, took a shot at Josh Dobbs in a press conference earlier this week. Is like, hey, moving forward, we're going to start the guy that takes care of the ball, and Josh that's Dobbs right. has not been taking care of the ball last uh, lately. So. He was a great story. I was very pro uh, Josh Dobbs when he first joined Minnesota. Again, I was more fading the Saints, if you remember. But I don't, I don't want to fade the Raiders right now, and I'd rather just take the points of the Raiders here. It's not going to make my card, but it is, it is a heavy lean, and I 
if I had to pick one way or the other, I would definitely be following you to the window on, on the Raiders. I like the field goal here. The public seems to obviously feel different with henceforth the dog. I mean, the dog here is both the Raiders uh, getting three points, but also the Raiders in the public eye. And it just seems a little bit misplaced. And to the fact that you mentioned as well, that this could also have a quarterback change in it if Dobbs does not play well, because he certainly doesn't look like a rocket scientist. He looks like some sort of cosmonaut that's lost in space, throwing the ball all over the field, but not to his own guys. Yeah, he might be great with tests and physics, but you know, throwing an accurate ball—he's he, yeah. not—he's not a top one percenter at that. I can tell you that. Could he be a veterinarian on Sunday? I think not, Jeff. I think we take the dog and the Raiders. I don't think Josh Dobbs can even do veterinary medicine. I'm just going to say it right here, right now. Beautiful way to end that handicap. All right, what's your last pick here this week? Yeah, man. Gosh, this one hurts, buddy. Um, this one—I'm not even—I don't know if I want to say it. Um, the Jets, uh, the Jets, the Jets. Listen, I'm grading I just you think at plus that, four for the record. Uh, oh, also, yeah. Bills plus one and a half. We already said Raiders plus three, but Jets plus four. The Jets plus four. And the Jets plus four in a, in a situation, it's the one o'clock game Eastern time against a team, the Titans, or Texans rather, not the Titans. The Texans, Texans, T-E-X, not T-I-T, T-E-X, Texans coming in still just a little bit too hot to trot, in my opinion. Too good for what the public thinks they are as far as too good of a team for the public thinking that, oh, now we're just going to roll into New York or we're going to roll into MetLife Stadium, give up four points. I've seen a couple three-and-a-halves. We're going to call this four for now because it's moved up some. But, Jeff, I mean, you've got the Texans coming in on this. on, on basically a team like the Jets that have lost the last five-plus. Uh, Tank Dell is now out for the year, as we've seen. Steve J. Stroud cannot do any wrong. He's played very, very well. He's been very composed. He's moved that team up and down the field. He's been great. Some of the kicking has been questionable at times because of injuries and things like that. But by and large, the special teams have been good. And a lot of those teams, a lot of those games, rather, have been in the Texans' home stadium. Now they've got to go up to the Northeast. There could be maybe some weather, some wind, maybe a little bit of rain in the area. It is December. Let's not forget there are some flakes of snow that do come down in the Northeast sometimes in December and January and February. So I just believe this is one of those situations where the public is way overconfident in seeing the typical Jets team, and therefore they're looking at the spread and saying, oh my gosh, all i got to do is basically beat it by roughly a field goal, a little bit more. And the Texans come in just a little bit too hot, a little bit too good to be true with some injuries, with maybe some adjustments that I think the Jets are probably going to make on the Texans' offense, which have started to show up, by the way. They've not shown up quite in the stats. They've shown up in the games that the Texans have played in the last couple of games, especially against the Denver Broncos, when this game was a little bit closer than it probably should have been. And therefore, I want the Jets plus the points to take this one home and maybe even win the game outright. One of my picks last week was the Texans minus three and a half against the Broncos. You had that as well, right? Yeah, we called it. Yeah, yeah. All right, beautiful. Um well, I watched the whole game, and as a Texans backer, I was sweating. They left a lot of points in the field. That game should have been a lot uh, more one-sided than the 2020, 22-17 final outcome suggests. And here's what I kind of realized as I was watching it. I love C.J. Stroud. I love D'Amico Ryans. I actually predicted that this would work and that these guys would have a winning record in their first year. But they're also a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, and they shouldn't be trusted to win by margin on the road because of which. And the Jets' defense hasn't given up. You know, they played a hell of a game last week against the Falcons. Falcons suck. But again, we've got a rookie quarterback with a banged-up wide receiver core and a rookie head coach, and they're going into a very tough environment. Could be a weather game. I, and I, So I, I agree with you. If I were to play it either which way, it would be, it would be the Jets. 
There you go. And the weather looks decent, but you never know when you get a nor'easter up here or something coming off the Atlantic, which is great. I love the weather because of that, frankly. But Dude, I'm from New York. Point, you Jeff, can't you can't you can't predict that shit more than three days in advance. There's no way. Three days and then it rains or then it goes completely out to sea. It's beautiful. Yeah. So maybe we'll get one of those in here too, which yeah. would be super it exciting can, to watch. It could be on sixty TV. on Sunday. I don't know. That's right. Or or it could be all right, or it could snow with ten degree uh snow flurries and blizzard like conditions. But here's the other thing. You're talking about the environment, Jeff, where the, the Jets fans are not giving up, I don't believe. I know that I'm in New York today. People are talking about how bad the Jets are, how bad the Giants are. You can actually flip a coin as dude's going to say who's worse. But you come in the Meadowlands, as I like to call them, and you come into MetLife, and you start to see the team start to, like you said, make a formidable stance against a rookie quarterback, some other rookie players on offense, too, uh, certainly on the line. And then uh, as Tank Dow and some of these guys have been replaced, and they're putting guys that are newer that haven't seen as many snaps. So those guys coming in against a very still stout and passionate Jets defense and just needing the Jets to have one or two things go right on offense for once. I mean, if you look at how bad the Jets, the Jets, the Jets, they might as well be called the Jets because they're the Jets too because their stats are so bad. The Jets' stats, as it were, as somebody would normally say it, have been absolutely putrid. They have been worse than a barking dog, worse than a sick dog, worse than a dog on its deathbed, and, and, and their offensive stats – have to mean revert. Uh-oh, there's that segment again, or that segment that. Uh, buzzword. They have to mean revert somewhat, Jeff, to some sense of normalcy. Otherwise, they're going to have stats that my my high school team had when I was the quarterback. And that's not possible anymore <laughs> these days because there's actually people that know how to play football and be quarterback. So that's another reason, too. As we go into the end of the year, you have to, as the public, not you have to fade these public lines. You have to fade these areas where the public is because these are the setups that Vegas – basically lulled you into sleep into into the whole year to think that you can just run home with all these easy picks that you've made most of the year because the Jets have been terrible. Man, you really buried the lead. You were a high school quarterback? Oh, dude, for like two games. And then I got hurt. And then I threw a few <laughs> interceptions like Josh Dobbs and like Zach Wilson and basically everybody else that threw interceptions and got benched. Basically, like everyone that you're betting, essentially. Yes, and, and great arm, though. I had a great arm, though. I just threw it to the wrong guys. <laughs> Uh, I went to school at St. John's University, which is in Queens. It's in pretty much the heart of New York Jets territory. I went to school with a lot of Jets fans. Even though I'm a Giants fan, I actually like Jets fans. I think they're hilarious. They're not delusional. They're very passionate about their team. And when I was in college, I was woken up in the middle of the night in April um, with by Jets fans chanting J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 outside of my dorm building because the Jets drafted left tackle DeBrickishaw Ferguson. DeBrick, that, baby. That's how crazy these fans are is they, get, they go nuts over offensive linemen getting drafted by them. So I'm, I say that because, like, the Jets fans are going to show up Sunday. They're going to. They're going to make their presence felt, and it's going to be a raucous environment for C.J. Stroud. And he's and they know who's coming in too, Jeff, right? They they right. know that they can come in and mess up royally the Texan season. So the Jets fans and the Jets defense is gonna love that. And I think that's a legitimate possibility given the fact that if you look at the home away splits for, for especially Stroud and, and, and previously tanked down the receiving core, they're a lot different when they're away from uh, Reliance Stadium or Energy Next Era Energy Stadium or whatever it is now, whoever's put their name on it, from the home to away splits, and that's something else to keep in, in mind. And you touch on this when you mention mean reversion, but there's a wide variance of outcomes for the Houston Texans. We've seen them score 38 
against Tampa Bay, and we've seen them score 13 with the Carolina yep. Panthers versus the Carolina Panthers. So yes. part of what we're doing here, part of sports betting and and making money sports betting is betting on these possibilities. And there is a um, very high likelihood Houston just goes out and puts up a stinker on Sunday against a very, very, very good, and what I would call entering the season, a Super Bowl Jets defense. For sure. And something, too, that is by way of that spread, too, Jeff, you mentioned being at four is enough to where the Jets are getting enough to, say, stay in that range of maybe a field goal, a little less. Yeah, 24-21. Right, exactly. And that's enough to say for the public, eh, you know what, if this thing drops to three and a half, maybe buy it down to three. Okay, fine, I'll take four. If it goes to four and a half, I'll buy it down to four. Those are numbers that are key numbers where we've seen in the model, in the Barking Dogs model, the public really flow around, and the public is heavy flow, keeping this thing at four and low. And that's somewhere else, too, where I love this spread right here and where we are taping the pod uh, mid-afternoon Wednesday because of the fact that you can still get this number at four, and I think that's a gift to me. All right. I have to do an editorial call. You're a superstar that's got to go on Fox Weather. Check that out. You can check out Scott Martin on Fox News, on Fox Weather talking financial stuff, music, whatever we can come up with dogs, uh, injured, injured pets. Yeah. Uh, cortisone, uh, distemper, um, whatever else is you cover it all. You frankly Uh, talk about stuff you aren't even qualified to talk about. And that's what I appreciate. I know it's it's kind of like I'm on ESPN or something. Isn't that weird? Oops. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. I love, man, that was a great one. Um, all right. Well, Hey, do me a favor. Subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, rate again to <laughs> review again to the uh, the Outkick Bets podcast. Sorry, I'm still laughing at that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, follow follow Scott Martin at Scotty Markets. Follow Dan Zakshesky at the Real Dan Zach. Follow me at Jeffrey underscore Clark. And again, Outkick Bets. Until next time, peace. Mm-hmm.